So, Tyler, it's been a week since you got that vaccination. How are you feeling? Are you getting any weird side effects? Oh, I'm feeling I'm feeling just fine, you know, feeling better than ever, you know. The, the fear of this deadly virus has left my body. Well, that's good. I guess that's partially what it does, right? Yeah. I guess the, the side effect... I'm feel, also, I'm feeling like, uh, I don't know, I found a paperclip stuck to my elbow the other day. <laughs> what? Were you, like, leaning on it or something, or just... Stuck to your skin? No, oh, there was like a there was a paperclip on my elbow and a, a dime on my shoulder. It just seemed like there was some. I don't I don't want to get out there and say there was mag it was magnetized, but it felt like there was some force holding on, like a small screw. I went I went past the doorknob and kind of got stuck to it. Are you, are you kidding me? Like, are you saying you're like an X Men? I'm not saying I'm Magneto. I don't. I can't control the metal, but I'm just saying I've walked past the doorknob or two and felt my elbow get a little gummed up. So you think this vaccine might have magnetized you? I, I, I'm not gonna go out and say full magn, like I'm fully magnetized. I'm saying that I found a paperclip on more than one paperclip. So I've, metal. I found more than one paperclip stuck to me. Okay, so you got the 35 shot. Thirty-five cents. Yeah, you got the shot, and now. Metals are slightly more attracted to you than they were before. Yeah, I got stuck on. I got stuck to the doorknob the other day. That's a weird one. I haven't heard that one. I don't know. What else is going on? Is that uh, is that it? Is it? I mean, I wake it up in the night once in a while, and hearing a lot of like opera music in my head in the background. You hear a lot of like real rich Roman opera music playing in the back. Um, Are you hearing that? Not, not really. Are you living with your Italian grandmother or something? No, or? I'm out in the middle of a cornfield. Uh, I don't know what to tell you. You're not hear, you didn't hear that opera music in the cornfield the other day when we were out in the cornfield? I figured there was just like an opera nearby. Hey, maybe if you build an opera theater, they'll come. And actually, now that you mention it, Brandon, I just can't seem to shake these cats that are following me around since I got the vaccine. They're cats everywhere. Yeah, I thought you were just be- being more generous in adopting cats, but... Uh, no, stray cats seem to be following me around. Okay, that's that's another weird thing. You, you also think that's part of the vaccine? I think out of all the things, I, the, the dimes on my shoulder and the opera music, I can I can live with that, but I can't live with all these cats following me around. There's 25 cats following me around this morning. Yeah, that's not good. Um... But I have anything to do with the bacon hanging out of your back pocket? Oh, or, that? Oh, or is that. that beef jerky? Oh, that's a piece of bacon from the breakfast sandwich I ate the morning before the vaccine. Okay. I think we might have solved that, my friend. I'm going to toss it to these cats. Wow, they, they really <coughs> took to it. <coughs> oh, yeah, they looked like they were just after the bacon. Wow. But uh, you still have a spoon stuck to your leg there. Is it safe to cough yet? I think coughing's coming back just a little. Those those are cannabis coughs. Those are not COVID coughs. Don't worry. All right. Welcome to We're Doom Podcast. My name is Brandon McIntosh, here with you every week to bring you all the bad news. Here with me next to me is Tyler Shaftman. Woot woot. Woot woot. 
Hey, go. yeah. Hey, yeah. Yeah, dude. And a woot woot. Is that, uh, those are the clowns, right? Those are the <laughs> juggalos that do the woot woot? The posse clowns. But who does the hey, yeah? That's uh, outcast. 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 The woot woot and the hey, yeah. Hey, yeah. You're feeling good today, Tyler. I can tell. You're in a good mood. <laughs> We figured out we got the nice British lady to help us figure out how to run a podcast again. <laughs> it's I, have like, watch, I have to watch that same tutorial every week. Yeah, it's like, now to set up both microphones on garage band. I'm like, I think that's my favorite part of the video, is the garage. Garage <laughs> band. That's what they have. They don't actually have garages there. They got carports. I don't know if that's true. Car holes. But anyways, you're feeling good? You had a good weekend? You told me you went uh, tubing down the river? I did. How was that? The Grand River? Yeah. It was all right. It was hot. It was really hot. It's a good time to be on the river then. Did you, like, swim at all? I guess it's kind of grimy, right? I had to dive in after a hat a couple times. All my joints got wet. (laughs) Rolled a bunch of joints that got wet. I went with a bunch of drunks, too, so they are all hooting and hollering but we had a good time. I like floated around a bit, and uh, it was it was fine. Where did you? It, it was uh, like four four or five hour trip down the river and riding the Grand River. Did you go from Cambridge or you go from Glen Morris? It went no it went from Paris to Brantford. <clears throat> That's a popular spot. Oh, you went from Paris to Brantford. Yeah, or like to Brant Park or something. That's exciting. I haven't done that one, but uh, uh, it's I haven't done enough tubing. I feel like that's just a fun mode of transportation. It's fine. It's fine. But like, what I found weird about it is like, the because like we had to ditch one vehicle at the end, right? So there's a lot of waiting around before. So you gotta like get there and set up, and then people go ditch the other vehicle. Yeah. And you're waiting for them to come back with one vehicle, and uh, so there's a vehicle at both ends, you know. Yeah, that is a difficult part. Same with kayaking up and down rivers, right? Yeah, you gotta... you're sitting there, and then there's people coming in and off the river, you know, and. The edibles are hitting in the end. You just <laughs> want to get on the water and you're waiting for the fucking park rangers to come and tell you you got too much open alcohol. I know. It never like, happened. You should have just brought more edibles. You brought a bunch of joints that can get wet. Yeah, I didn't think that. They don't have waterproof joints. They lasted joints. most of the day. They lasted like half the day. I made it through about half of the joints. And yeah. Then the other half went down. I was already having a good time, so I was fine. Yeah, that'd be a terrible place to have, like, a totally green out on edibles. You're just floating down the river. It's like, you can't go anywhere to yeah, relax. You can't get. you can't hide from it. You're Everybody just tethered to notice. a bunch of drunks. You just relax, man. <laughs> yeah, it happened to my cousin. He oh, was, boy. He was just, he was a puddle on his <laughs> tube, and he wasn't saying anything. But he was having a good time. Every now and then, he'd be like, I'm still here. You could tell he was introspectively taking it all in. Yeah. And I know, though, because I was on the same edible, that I was doing the same thing for the first 25 minutes. But yeah. then I was able to be social. But he was just a puddle the whole time. Just remembering to breathe. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, We've all been there. And just getting sunburned. <laughs> yeah. You forget about sunscreen. I no, re- we all had sunscreen. Like, I, I didn't... Uh, I lathered up, so I didn't get too burnt. I'm pretty good. No, I mean when you're when you're high on the psychedelics, sometimes you forget sunscreen, you forget food, water. I had some water too, and I had some beer, yeah. so I was okay. I wrote it out. I remember we we had a wonderful mushroom trip in Nova Scotia years ago, and we went to the beach, and none of us wore sunscreen. We were just yeah, that was an intense experience. It wasn't until the end where I'm like, 
oh yeah, we should probably be wearing sunscreen. <laughs> See, I don't really burn, so like even that day, I I wasn't too afraid of the sun. But like, the older I'm getting, the more afraid of the sun I am. Like, yeah, skin cancer is real. Skin man. cancer is, and I'm highly more acceptable to it because of my fair skin. My, I don't have fair skin. I have nice olive skin. I brown up good. That's why I don't give a shit. But I know that the sun can kill me, and it wants to put cancer holes in me. Yeah. So yeah. I'm, I try to stay cover up. Like, I, I was only the, one of the only people that wore a, uh, not a t-shirt, because it had no sleeves. A sleeveless shirt <laughs> the whole time. Yeah, yeah, you had a sleeveless shirt. I kept covered. Yeah. I kept my nips covered. Yeah, you don't want to burn your nipples. Yeah. <laughs> Sensitive. Yeah. And you had the mullet, you had the viper glasses. <laughs> you were ready for summer. I do have a full mullet. It's, it's pretty fantastic. Yeah, yeah. You s- look through Tyler's social media, you'll find the mullet picture no, I somewhere. Posted a pu- public photo. Oh, we got I posted one photo that went away after 24 hours. Well, we should probably do some professional headshots then, because the yeah, world is. I, I want people to see it in the wild, though. I don't want to. <laughs> you hide it good under the hat. I don't know how long I'll have it. <laughs> <laughs> it's true, too. That's why we need to get shots while we still can. Really nice shots. We can. Because uh, was it a hairdresser that gave you this? Was Not it... at all. Not at all. <laughs> it's the person with scissors and a, and, a, and a trimmer. Yeah. All right. How, how many beers did they have? A couple. <laughs> at least it wasn't your dad with the fillet knife again. No, it wasn't the fillet knife again. Yeah, the first picture you sent me, it looked like it might have been. It looked pretty hacked. There's some hack. She did okay. The person who did it did okay. It was actually a two-person job. My cousin was in there for a while, too. They should have kept your bangs. That would have been hilarious. <laughs> I want to give me sidesteps. That'd be cool, too. You know what? I want to do... I want to go back to the all these episodes and see how much we talk about hair. On this, <laughs> between mustaches and hair and haircuts. and. I don't care. I'm rocking the mullet, Euro trash, whatever... Hey, mullets are in, man. They're popular in in, uh, in Australia. They're very popular. In fact, I saw a guy with a bowl cut and a mullet and no shoes in a mall in Australia. Like, who's gonna judge me? And if they are, I don't care. It suits you. I like. I'm not. I don't like it. I'm probably gonna get rid of it at some point. But I have no one to impress right now. <laughs> You're just gonna go full buzz head. When was the last time you had a buzzed head? It's not that buzz. It, well, yeah, I haven't had a full buzz head in a while, but it's pretty short. Yeah, keep the Johnny Depp too. Thi- here's the thing about hair, Brandon. It fucking grows back, so I don't give a shit. I've always, I've <laughs> never given a shit about my hair, really. I've always just either cut it short, grown it long, or had mohawks, or yeah, whatever. And just let it grow, gray like a wizard. Yeah, yeah, I'm going gray too. I'm excited. I cut it for practicality when it's too hot, like our ancestors, like our caveman ancestors. Yeah. Get out a big sharp rock when it gets too hot. <laughs> and you cut it. Why didn't you do that? You can't go to a hairdresser. You can just... can't. But I was I was just happened to be on a deck where people were cutting hair. That's what I'm worried about. Cutting little kids' hairs where they don't care and I'm like, I need it. I'm too hot. It was I knew it was gonna be a hot week. Breaking heat records this week. Yeah, I don't want to. Yeah, yeah, I don't want to break down like that. I'm afraid I'll get too drunk in a situation, and someone's like, "Let me cut your hair," and I'll be like, "Okay." You, but give it to a cancer child. (laughs) You've dealt with long hair for years. Yeah, it's uh, summers are tough. Yeah, yeah, it's too much. It's too thick. Too many bugs. It's too thick. We'll be finding out soon. We're going camping soon. You said uh, you don't need to bring much camping. What's your What's your go-to stuff for bringing camping, Tyler? 
you should be able to go camping with like one backpack of stuff. How big of a backpack? Just a regular sized backpack. Okay, what are you bringing then? You bring in like, and then like, and then like a yoga mat. <laughs> For yoga, woods and yoga. Yoga and sleeping, and then yeah, like as long as you have dry pants and a hoodie and a jacket, and then a frying pan. You're set. One frying pan. That's and, all you need. Yeah, and then you got to go out into the woods and find your food. Cast iron frying pan. It is stoked though. The government almost didn't let us go camping. They were gonna be like, that's. Not a good idea to go out in the woods way far away from everyone. Terrible idea. Go to Walmart instead. <laughs> I know that's the cliche go to every time, but Walmart's open. But yeah, things are opening again. And they're actually going to let us go camping. Yeah, I guess so. And uh, we're going to be buck wild like our college days and just no. passing out no. in the middle of the afternoon. No? Okay. You don't have to go buck wild. Where we evolve now, we're just gonna make sensible meals and, and chat about old times and yeah, have just get in go get into nature. Get into nature. Does that mean we're taking mushrooms or what? Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's what camping becomes after you're thirty and like you're still kind of cool. At least you think you are. You take those mushrooms and yeah, you, you you blend into nature. Yeah. Forget about all the problems. Cause there's lots, there's, there's lots of problems. So let's get into them today. Yeah, what are the problems of today? Oh my God, Tyler! First, would you, do you want to start with some fun, uplifting news, or do you want to start dark and then I'll uplift us later? Yeah, start dark. Start, start dark. Start dark. Dark and funny. And dark, uh, dark start. You know, let's just start with our doomed person of the week. Uh, we just watched this video right before we started, and it actually inspired our, our opening sketch. But uh, this was a uh, an anti-vax doctor. <laughs> this woman's a doctor. Got in front of a whole, a whole crowd of people and basically described saying that getting these shots magnetizes people. Uh, yeah. What do you think about this, Tyler? You think it's true? No. You feeling the magnets? <laughs> I don't think it's true at all. That was all made up? Like, Everything you talked about? This is a... Like, this is a common conspiracy with vaccines that's been around for years. Like, I remember hearing, like, people talking about... Like, his anti-vaxxers have been around forever. They just, like, for any vaccines that you give your children, like, a newborn baby gets vaxxed up like crazy, right? Yeah. And people don't want to get their kids vaxxed. And the idea of them putting some sort of metal or magnetizing... A foreign object, essentially. foreign object into you, then next thing you know, you're finding fucking paper clips stuck to your forehead. Like, I... Why would why would they want to? Like I don't understand the point. What's the want? What's the need? What's the purpose? It's like the, the government's secret plot plot to yeah. magnetize America. The government's plot is not so fucking paper clips get stuck to you. I guess it was okay. probably maybe something so, else in this paper clips getting stuck to you as a side effect. So this I don't understand like the world's not that malicious, I don't think. Like why are we? And even if we were, who cares if you can? Even magnetize? if it was an accident, how the hell do you magnetize someone by accident from giving them a shot? It has to do with the five G tower, she said too. Says so Doctor Sherry Tenpenny. Just throw everything in a pot to be afraid of. All right, so this lady, she's uh, she looks like Queen of the Karens here. You know, she's older. She's in her late sixties. 
She states here, I'm sure you've seen all the pictures on the internet of people who've had these shots, and now they're magnetized. They can put a key on their forehead, and it sticks. They can put spoons and forks all over them, and they can stick. Because now we think that there's a metal piece to that. Maybe they're just sticky people. <laughs> I think so. Haven't you ever seen, like, uh, remember Guinness World Records used to have a TV show? And a guy will come on and stick like 150 spoons to his yeah, body. Ripley's Believe It or Not. Yeah, I think people are just sticky and sweaty and clammy. Yeah. Like, uh, if I had a metal, if I had a key right now, I could stick it to my forehead. Doesn't mean it's <laughs> magnetized. It means I need to wash my face more. Like, are they feeling a magnetic pull? Can they find, like, because a magnet has opposite polar sides there's a positive and a negative right yeah so are they able to like push other objects away like yeah like is it the, the american there are people out there that do put magnets underneath their skin too yeah uh, like underneath their fingertips and stuff so they can pick shit up and like that's a whole and ruin other, their computer whole other world. <laughs> who's doing that why do you need uh, to magnetize there's, there's people like that put like little fucking Chips inside them to unlock their doors. Oh, I know like, that, but like, like you don't need magnets and shit. You don't yeah. need magnets. Wait, you like hiding like, like throwing side... knives over you? Maybe if you're like some cool superhero badass, like magnetize your wrist and you can stick some yeah. knives on there. No, the cyborg people are sweet. I like anyone who's doing that cyborg stuff. I know. Then why are these uh, anti-vaxxers complaining? We're turning into a bunch of awesome, badass cyborgs. Yeah, and a lot of people are doing it to themselves because they want to. So I don't think the government's got some fucking crazy yeah. scam to try to That's put fucking... That's not what she thinks. She said there's been people... Why though? Why is... What's the purpose? Tell me the purpose, lady. I don't think they ever get to a purpose, really. Is it just so when, like, the Americans... Like rise up to fight the government. All the mag, all they need is a giant acme magnet. And they can just control everybody. Like, why can't I move today? Thousands of people take to the street to protest the government. It's like, well, we just sit on this hill with this coyote and this giant magnet. Yeah. Just suck all the people up, and they'll get stuck. I I don't know. They oh. they think it has to do with five G towers. They've never get, really done a good job explaining. Why these 5G Why towers though? are trying to kill us? <laughs> melt our brains, dumb us down. There's lots of other things making us dumb and stupid every day that's out in the open and we don't talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. It's not hiding in 5G towers. Yeah, they don't have to sneak it in with a vaccine. If they wanted to poison us, they'd just do it. <laughs> yeah. They have way more easy out in the open ways to poison us. Yeah. And basically like, hey, there's iron in your water. And uh, we're not going to do anything. And there you go. That's Flint, Michigan for like the last 15 years or whatever the hell long they've been dealing with that. But yeah, this is this is a doctor uh, in the States, of course. But like that's just... Do you know that anti-vax people now that were also anti-mask are now wearing masks to protect themselves from people that are vaccinated? Oh, really? They've done a flip? They've done a flip. So they're all going to unmask. Because now they think we all got some shit because we got the vaccinations that they're going to start wearing masks and we're not breathing on them? You think we're going to give you microchips or what? That's so funny. It's so funny how obsessed we've come with, like, People breathing on other people. Yeah. We don't want it to happen. We've never thought of it before. We've just been walking around breathing on each other. But lately it's been like, 
We better stop breathing on one another. Yeah, no more blowing on birthday cakes. Yeah. I had a birthday the other day. I used I used a, a paper towel to waft the candle out. Did you really? <laughs> I did. I, I was actually looking Why for Why even have a candle? Put it out with your fingers like a man, bro. <laughs> but then I have to lick them and then like... You don't have to lick them. You got strong skin. I was trying to just use like my like telekinesis power or something, just staring at the flame. It would have gone out eventually. Probably. Anyways, do you want a happy story? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Something this podcast needs a lot more of. Anyways, Tilly, the two-year-old border collie, was ejected from a car crash on Sunday. <laughs> it's not happy at all! <laughs> it will get happy. Later, he was found on a sheep farm, where he apparently taken up the role of sheep herding. So this dog was ejected into his dream job, basically. (laughs) Into his instinctual job of herding, because he's a herding dog. Yeah. So he lost some weight since the crash and is now drinking lots of water, but is otherwise healthy. But just... (laughs) I love... It's just the best dog. Just, like, gets up. I'm fine. You guys good? Good. Although sheep... All right, I'm going to be a sheep herder now. (laughs) And he doesn't even look like a sheep herding breed, either. All right. Yeah, he looks like a herding dog. Yeah. So during the crash, a dog was ejected from the rear of the GMC and is still missing. So the dog's a two-year-old border collie, so I guess he is a herder, natural herder. Yeah, instinctual. Yeah, if you go run outside beside a a border collie, he will try to herd you. Start nipping at your ankles. So this is Tilly. Tilly has no tail, dark hair, 70 pounds. Tilly was last seen running northwest from the crash, seen through the field. So where are they saying that this thing was herding sheep? Anyways, it's back home. It's safe. It's happy. But I just, I just love how just the genetics of this dog took over. Yeah. <laughs> He's totally shocked from the crash. He's fine, and then just instantly herds sheep. Like, that's crazy. That's just like embedded in their head. It's instincts, man. Like, do how how far back do our genetics go to the point? There's been generations and generations of farmers. Right? Yeah. You think they're, they're the same way? They just naturally herd sheep and raise cattle? Yeah. You would learn how to survive if you had to. But, like, instinct. Like, if you were suddenly born and adopted from a city family, you think your farm instincts would just, like, kick in? They're probably further separated, but you'd probably kick in eventually. I think humans have an instinct to survive, and that would entail farming. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what point I'm getting at here. Yeah, what are you trying to what are you trying to get out of me here? I I don't know. Sometimes. It's a cute dog. I'm glad he wasn't hurt. Cute dog. Give make sure he's wearing a seatbelt. He probably had he's probably like some apartment dog that just hadn't run, like never had the chance to run. <laughs> and then he got ejected and landed in this field like now nah, I'm a sheep herder. This is what I've always wanted to do. Yeah, I just bring him there every week now just to herd sheep. Just, just leave him there. Let him do the job. Dog found his passion. Let him do the job he wants. All right. Let's see. So have you heard about these ransomware attacks that have been uh, hitting different parts of the world lately? What? Uh, ransomware. So Tupperware. Cyber attacks uh, on major like industries, companies with money and stuff, and they just want money. Basically, to they hold their their cyber security hostage, you know, shut them down, 
in in order to get money. So like steal their email passwords and shit. I think yeah, stuff like that. You know, we're holding all this information hostage. Uh, so that's ransomware. But then there's just straight up cyber attacks, which is like a blatant attack. So recent one that happened uh, was a major gas company in the states, one of the major gas companies, and actually shut down operations all across eastern United States. I don't know if you saw, there's like gas shortages. People were being fucking stupid as they as they do, and like you know filling up whole drums of of gasoline and putting it in their car and then their car gets set on fire <laughs> shit like that's been happening the gas shortage people yeah. have been afraid of a gas shortage that's yeah for sure. and it, it happened before and but just how people react to it is wild and this is just from one small cyber attack that they were able to recover from but I, like they were down for a few days like operations they weren't able to ship properly you know so that that's just showing like what one small section of the states what it looks like for like a few days if there's a gas or oil shortage like that. Um, and then now recently they're attacking food plants, like major meat producers and stuff, and shutting down operations there. So that's slowing, uh, so like places aren't getting meat like they normally would. Shipments are slowing down. And that's starting to, that's driving up food prices. So they're like, if we shut down just like the internal cyber like workings of this meat processing plant they're not going to be able to ship their meat so then people aren't going to be eating this factory farmed meat is that like the what they want basically or there it's just proving that like this is one of the major suppliers of food and how easily they could just be shut down and shipments suddenly don't come yeah, and then the world's fucked. Yeah, because the way we've built up all these major systems that in order to survive, they're uh, they're normally very flimsy, and they're starting to show their vulnerabilities with these cyber attacks, right? What kind of vulnerabilities? That the fact that anyone can just you know get in there and shut everything down, shut their power down, and like literally to shut know, their like, like lights off. I don't know the full extent of like what these cyber attacks do, but like it's it's putting them out. Like the fact there's a a minor gas shortage that caused, like, a frenzy just over a few days. Like, what if it was big? What if it shut down every gas place across the states and didn't bring it back out up for a week, right? Yeah. yeah. And, yeah, so who knows what's, what's causing this? There's a lot of fingers being pointed at Russia. Obviously, yeah. they are some of the biggest uh, cyber. cyber bullies in the world. <laughs> cyber bullies. Essentially. Uh, so it's, it's, it's very, it could be very likely them, but whoever's doing it, they're, I think they're just poking holes in, you know, the Western civilization. where we rely, like what we rely on, you know, and being like, Hey, look, this could all crumble very easily. So what they're doing in the States and like this meat production plant, this is in Australia. This wasn't even the States, but it's just this Western culture idea of just like poking holes in their system and see where the weaknesses are. Right. You know, if if a bigger attack were to come, you know, they know they know where to go. They know where to hit. But are these just like nerds with computers, or are they like actual like Rus- yeah, Russian milita- mobsters? No, or military? these are fucking militarized nerds. Like these are people, <laughs> militarized nerds. That's the best way to put it. Like they are hired for their skills of cyber attack and trained, and like they they probably have a huge program for this. 
Cause not only that, it's, it's, not, it's not just like guessing somebody's hotmail password. <laughs> it could be that too. It could be a whole team of people. It's like, all right, all right, all right. try Karen one two three. How about Karen three two one? Try Chicken Farmer sixty nine. Yeah, it's, it's like all you need is a few thousand people doing that. You'll figure it out eventually. No, I think they met find much easier ways to crack in, get passwords. Yeah, and they're only getting better, and that's why you know. Cybersecurity is a big thing right now. It's a big industry. A lot of people going to school for it. A friend of ours, Ivan, he's been on the podcast. He's getting into cybersecurity because he, he sees it as a bright future because, you know, as technology increases and gets gets better, like more and more just common people are able to figure shit out and whether they're working for a foreign government and actually taking out uh, places strategically or they're just sitting in their mom's basement just like, hey, look. I shut down all of Costco in America. <laughs> it's like, look what I did today, Mom. Are the waffles ready yet? Because everything's online. We rely on the fucking internet. Yeah, and uh, we're still dumb. We we like we, we don't put all our information it. and all our banking and everything. Very very uh, very sensitive systems we have. Yeah, and it's propped up by not much, you know. Uh, well, I'm trying to transition into our main topic, but... Uh, you don't have to. I don't really have to. I was trying to find an example of cyber attacks hitting oil refineries, oil industries, but I guess they did, right? They hit the gas company in the States. Yeah. Saw how vulnerable that was. And there was another oil shortage back in the 70s. 73 and 74. Uh, right. In America... Uh, <laughs> I don't know what he wants. Sorry, there's a gremlin in here. We just, <laughs> we just have to... What do you he, want? Don't feed it water. Or no. I think that's what he wants. <laughs> don't give it water after midnight. He just hates that we sit on these high bar stools. Well, don't put his face right in front of the microphone. Did you hear it last time? Oh, yeah. It's a Boston Terrier. You're <laughs> the noisiest dog. Pull that down, buddy. Just You're interrupting noisy, the show. It's just a noisy face. You can keep him there. Just don't stick his face in the mic. Go lay down. Go lay down. But there was a there's a gas shortage in the 70s. Uh, it had to do with an embargo with a, a foreign uh, foreign oil industry. I forget the name of it. But basically, it was controlled by Iran. Um, they were basically trying to negotiate something with the states. You know, they they wanted more control of the oil. So basically, they created started an embargo and gave in. I'm doing a terrible job. I wish I did more research. Anyways, they, gave, they basically cut off sources of oil to the states, and it caused a huge, uh, a huge problem. And it wasn't just the eastern states, it was all of America. And I'm sure our parents would have remembered this growing up in the 70s, right? Like, gas was super expensive, it was, whole gas stations were just, like, running out. And, like, and it's happened in smaller ways, like, throughout the last few decades. Like, yeah. every time gas prices go up that's usually like the reason yeah and so that is one very small example of the importance of oil and what happens when once one source of it like petroleum the shit that runs our cars that's just one example if that just suddenly goes away for a little bit yeah just the mass chaos that happens like the importance of this so that's why today we're going to talk about peak oil and you're going to have to really explain it to me, Brian, because I don't understand this that much. But I oh, do. I'm dropping glass things. Oh, 
happens. But uh, I do know that oil is the cause of most war and that it will run out. Like, the planet doesn't make new oil. There you go. You summed it up pretty good. The well is running dry. (laughs) I'd say modern modern day wars are driven by oil, definitely. Yeah, most modern day. I don't know. I listened to enough anti-flag in high school to know a little bit about oil. (laughs) (laughs) Anti-flag and watching uh, Michael Moore documentaries. (laughs) That's how we understand. And like, punk rock hates George Bush, so do we. (laughs) And oil. We don't know why. Yeah, punk rock hates oil, so I hate oil. (laughs) <laughs> All right, so the idea of peak oil basically is there's only a finite amount of oil under the ground that we can drill and use. Eventually, it's going to run out. It's not an infinite amount down there. You know, there's probably lots of areas of the world that still hold large, you know, reserves of oil under the ground that just we haven't detected yet. And what is oil? Oil is, well, petroleum oil is essentially... Uh, biological matter broken down over millions of years. So we're getting we're getting dinosaurs here. We're getting megafauna. We're getting giant trees and plants. All just just decomposed down and over millions of years becomes this liquidy, sticky. And how did we discover it as something that would be a fuel source for our engines and our? Well, that came a long ways. We. More or less, we've come across oil essentially leaking out of the ground, you know, in the 1800s. Oh, like the old uh, Beverly Hillbillies, you know, you oh, shoot, yeah. shoot a hole in the ground, the oil starts coming yeah, out. out there shooting a rabbit, now we got oil squirting up. Yeah, that old scenario. It was more just areas of just kind of this, you know, it's seeping up through the earth and you could, you know, you'd be able to see the residue. Um, but they had no way of actually extracting it. They just knew these areas where this was happening. So there's other sources of oil, just, you know, whales were, were a source of oil for right. a long time. People didn't know the whale industry wasn't about killing these whales to eat them. It was about their was precious about the, oils. The oil, yeah. So, like, there are different sources of oils, mostly more natural sources of it, coming from plants or even animals. Um, Peanut oil. Yeah, but there's not nearly enough oil out there to to, to run any kind of major industrial society. The best oil you get from the ground. Yeah, that's that's the good stuff. That's the gold. That's the black gold, they call it. (laughs) Black gold. So once they figured this out in the early 1900s, how to actually extract the oil from the ground, that just, you know, that was a huge industry. It just took off. Like you've seen the movie There Will Be Blood. Yes. That be incredible movie. That was a great example of like the beginning of this oil craze, like yeah. and just what it does to people, right? And so th- this was a major industry just took off. Um coal coal industry started taking off as well. Um but it wasn't until like the 1950s um when they really started like capitalizing on this oil industry. And people, the rich families like the Rockefellers and stuff in the States, they started putting their money in it. They started buying up these industries, seeing a, like a very bright future in this, you know. A lot of people were freaking out because there's also the gold rush and the silver rush and shit going on too. 
So there's a lot going on in America at the time. It's getting exciting. There's lots of natural resources. And, and it's, it's like finding like the oil that was in America at the time or even Canada and Alberta and stuff. There's lots of oil fields and stuff. When did they start going like, hey, we're out of oil here. Let's go to Iran. Well, I imagine all this technology to extract the oil, it would have made its way around the world. I don't think there was a patent on it, which is one reason why it took off. Uh, all these different industries in the states, and therefore other countries would have picked this up. Right. Uh, I'm not. Sh- yeah, I'm not sure so much about the history of when like it started happening in like the Middle East and places like that. It wasn't, in the f- but it was the '50s when they really just started taking over the market and you know making oil like the absolutely necessary for everything in life. Right. With like, yeah. vehicles like before oil, like. There weren't that many vehicles. Public transportation was huge because they had electric uh, buses and streetcars and stuff. And vehicle boom. So no one, yeah. So when the vehicles started booming, they basically put out smear campaigns saying like, "These electric vehicles are trash. Like they, they're dangerous. They break down. They block the streets. Basically, doing everything they can to prop up the vehicles, which is the biggest push for oil." And because it's more than just cars, right? It's, it's everything. Yeah, it's in our plastics, our lubricants, chemicals, our pesticides. So everything gets better when oil. And even is- just any industrial like factory that's making other things, those machines are all running off gas and oil. Yeah, and they're all lubricated with oil, right? And they're making, they could be making a plastic item with plastic made of oil. You know, pesticides. So all these farms now are just increasing their crops. So this is also... Like, increasing the population all over the world, too. This industrial world now. Having enough oil to actually run all this shit. Uh, so when these companies just started taking over, they, they, they didn't allow, like, natural other companies to come up and say, hey, we have other means of creating energy, you know, solar power, things like that, hydrogen power, using water. Right. We've talked about this before. CIA comes in, shoots you in the head. <laughs> yeah, we know what happened. But even long before that, like, they tried to, like, stamp out anything to do with, like, uh, anything Tesla was doing. The oil industry helped kind of stomp out. Yeah. Like, they want to, like, they really want to make a lot of money from this. And here's Tesla trying to give free energy. Another all, way, yeah. Like, to the whole world. So, they just built this up over years, and it just, Because then you get in that circle of greed with the money and how much money they're making selling the oil... Yeah. So if we make more things that run on oil, we can sell more oil and make more money, and yeah. that little greed circle starts happening. Yeah, and they're and they're not they're not dumb. They they know that this resource is, is is finite as well. It's not just unlimited, right? They need scientists on board to to figure this out. Right. But they also need scientists on board that are only going to say good things about oil. Right. Which is what started happening in the fifties and sixties and seventies where major PR firms are just taking over these oil industries, like X, XCon and Shell, and just and just hiding all the true information and only talking about the positives, up until a certain point. They're definitely whistleblowers. In fact, one of the main whistleblowers, one of the very first, was one of the scientists. He was working for Shell. It was his job to put a nice pretty picture on everything that was happening, but he was also a smart dude. So he went out and he did his own real research and he's starting to discover like, hold on, like at the rate we're going, the amount of oil we're doing, it's only going to increase our population's going to increase. Everything's just going to, 
compile on top of itself it's more and more and more and more we're going to hit a point where there's just not going to be enough oil left to maintain this right yeah and he suspected it was going to happen by the 1970s and 80s we'd start hitting a downfall so that's probably when he starts searching for other places around the world to find oil that that could be but at the same time shell even though they hired this guy were doing everything can to suppress this information and like shut this guy down so that was like a good example of like you know a scientist is trying to stand up and do the right thing and it just gets shut down and same thing happened in the 70s with like talking about climate change and how the oil industry and all this is just polluting the world more than anything and it's causing climate change and that was shot down pretty early too. Yeah. Obviously it didn't peak its head until like the early 2000s with uh, with Al Gore. <laughs> he, he made it pop. The most boring man in the world made it popular again. Made a good movie. He did. <laughs> so that's, so it wasn't just this scientists who had the idea of peak oil obviously other scientists took it on and still are trying to figure out kind of how much time we have left because we don't know where every reserve is in the world we know of the ones we're we're emptying now right at, at these rates and the way some of these countries are acting is if they understand that their reserves are running low and they need to find other places to find oil like very desperately or other options on how to run your machines yeah, that, you know, that's an option, you know, that gets pushed around, but that there's a huge issue there because everything is so dependent on oil. It it would be such a s- intense transition oh, to yeah. something else. Yeah, the transition would be intense. E- and at this point, there's probably not even enough time left because as of last year, Shell announced that this is Shell. This is the company that just fights its way through pristine jungles and philippines destroying habitats to put in their put in their fucking shell plants this is the same company that shut down the scientists in the 50s saying that we're gonna hit peak oil and hired all these pr people to promote oil they're the ones coming out now saying we have officially hit peak oil which is kind of scary because they're probably the ones that don't want to talk about it so and w- and when we say peak oil, we just mean like we are at the yeah we are at the peak. There is once you hit it, the peak, it is a downslope after yeah, that. It's a bell right. curve. So we've we've basically tapped the amount of oil that we're ever going to get. And, and now you start going from down. that point on. We're only going to get less and less and less, yeah. and it's going to get more and more expensive to a point where just no one can afford it and society's gonna collapse essentially and we've probably been like the in that peak for a while are we we have and because i think they said they believe the peak happened in 2016 which others people are saying it much happened much earlier probably closer to the like the economic crash in 2008 right like it was probably a much closer idea when peak oil might have hit and that's peak oil for the entire world. Yeah. So now they're thinking by basically this, the low point of this peak on the other end will be around 2050. 2050, 2060. Uh, then so we're going to be really in the, in the low numbers. Yeah. Yeah. We won't be able to operate as a society unless we have something that has completely replaced yeah. oil. You know, there are, you know, there, cause it's not like there aren't alternatives. Well, but people it's just, are working on it. That's why you're seeing more electric cars and shit. 
But it's just, it's no way at the magnitude it needs to be. Like, you need, basically to prop up all these new green initiatives and new energy sources, you need oil to do that. Yeah, like how much oil do you think goes into actually making an electric car? Yeah. Like, there's every machine that makes that electric car probably runs off of oil. Or at least the the mechanisms to make it. Yeah. And the plastics and just everything involved. Oh, everything. Like, it'll get to a point where, yeah, maybe... It can it can be fully sustainable on this whatever new source is used to replace oil. Have we checked Mars yet? <laughs> Elon's going to check. They might find some uh, oil up there. Who knows? <laughs> which means they would have had uh, biological life for millions of years, which is also exciting. Oh yeah, I guess so, right? Yeah, because it would have had the biological break down. matter. Yeah, it takes a long time to make oil, and we're just we just in the next, in like two hundred years, we're just gonna suck it all out of the ground. Yeah. And, like, and that's all we've been doing since we found it. Yeah. Since old Jed fucking shot the rabbit. <laughs> yeah, it's all it's all the Beverly Hillbillies fault. <laughs> so I don't know what alternate options there are to kind of a, to fit all these replacements as far as like plastics and lubricants and and petroleum go. Um, we're still going to need a lot of that, even if we do get all electric cars and, and stuff. And to figure it out, you're going to need the fucking CIA not coming and shooting you in the back of the head every time you figure out a car that runs on water. Exactly. That's got to stop. <laughs> stop shooting these scientists. You're figuring shit out. We need to come and together. And you got to quit fighting over it, too. Like, yeah. the wars and most of the wars in the Middle East and Iraq... We're all about oil, right? Yeah, that definitely stemmed from that. They were trying to basically, like Saddam Hussein was basically trying to create his own superpower of oil by kind of being, he was, I think he was attacking Kuwait. This is the first uh, Iraq war that happened. Right. Basically, he was moving into Kuwait, America moved in to stop him because he was just trying to take over the oil fields both in Kuwait and Saudi Arabia have full control over the like oil industry in the Middle East, which would affect America. They'd be able to put sanctions and shit, do whatever they want. Right. Essentially, America didn't want that. They they want to be the superpower controlling the oil industry. They can't have Iraq coming in here. Like they don't want to compete. So. Controlling it for the whole world. Yeah. yeah. So it wasn't about going like because of money because they're making the fucking money. Yeah. So it wasn't about going over there and stealing their oil. It's going over there and stopping them from, you know, becoming selling oil it, barons selling themselves. It themselves. Yeah. 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 So, but once they were able to do so and get in there and put a new government in place in Iraq, basically they just they made them sign this contract. Saying, just given like, like Americans can get all the oil they want, essentially from yeah. Iraq. And oh, America these... being greedy again! I know all these industries. Look. Yeah. So the idea that this war is about oil is completely correct. They were just looking for the right reason, and nine eleven was that, right? It's a reason <laughs> to beef up security, and it wasn't even Iraq that did that. We eventually found out, like a decade later, it was it was terrorists from Saudi Arabia. Saudi Arabia. <laughs> Saudi Arabia. I know it's terrible. I was wrong. I'm sorry, all the people from Saudi Arabia. Saudi Arabia. I might be saying it right. It sounds wrong when I say it. Saudi Arabia. I think that's right. But anyway, it doesn't matter where the terrorists came from. Even if they came from Iraq, it's not Iraq attacking America. It's this terrorist organization. But the fact they were able to just spin that and basically say, oh, well, Iraq has WMDs that they're going to sell to the terrorists that want to kill America. We better stop them. Yeah. 
And then it just becomes a whole yeah. thing. And, you know, they're still there in some capacity. But this, I don't know. This, because they still probably want to have some control on the oil. Yeah. Or, like, at least have a fucking finger on it, you know? And it's just, it's, it's corporate greed that, ru- that ruined all of this. If it was a natural progress of discovering new sources of energy, if it was a natural progress, we would be somewhere else right now. Because, like... These, like, as they were, we entered the industrial age and discovered oil, we would have moved on to the next best thing and continue that forward. But because right. oil just, like, took that and just held on tight and just wouldn't let any other industry flourish. Or... And I think there's something to be said about the fact that it's making billions of dollars for people, but they also know that that can go away and that is going to go away. So they want to make as much fucking money off of it as quickly as they can. Yeah, it's just like, I'm 87 now, I still want my balls licked by a team of blonde cheerleaders. <laughs> I better keep this up so that I can afford that. costs money. Yeah. <laughs> my gold-plated pool, my gold-plated slide. That's just how I picture oil barons. <laughs> just I'm sure, like, I'm sure in a pool of gold, getting their balls licked. Yeah, and, it, and because they know it's running out, the greed is higher. Yeah, it's... It's a shame. And mother, so what are we going to do to replace it? What are we going to do about it, huh? What are we going to do, do about it? What are we going to do about it? How are we going to replace the oil without getting um, shot in the head? You know, I don't think there's going to be anything truly that can replace everything that oil has given us. Unless scientists somehow figure out a cheap and quick and efficient way to basically create oil from something. You right. know, mix a few chemicals together. I don't know how it works. <laughs> But, you know, there were... There pro- are synthetic oils. There has yeah, to be. There has been. And there's been projects dating back to the 70s and 80s that have been trying to research this, but have just been shut down. Saying, oh, this is going to... This is too expensive. But, like, yeah, because they're just learning about it now. Well, now's the time to do it. Throw some money into it. And like, it could have totally... It could We could create something that will totally create... Uh, replace oil. We're going to have to. Like, and we know we have to. Or a, a generation below us is going to have to. Or maybe they'll just all ride bikes. Yeah. No, nature will always sort itself out. So, you know, if oil... See, when oil starts peaking and going down, uh, so will the population. Because the earth cannot hold as many people with, uh, without that juicy, juicy black gold to keep it running. Texas tea. Texas tea. Is that, isn't that just know. weed? Isn't Texas tea weed? I don't know. I don't know. know. Sounded like a good thing. Texas tea. So, Tyler, UFO news. What's new in the UFO research? It's June, Brandon. It's supposed to be the happiest month for you. It's still happy. I didn't expect to see a UFO report first thing on June. If it was June 1st, which was my birthday, it would have been great. But no, they've just been kind of leaking little ideas of when the report's going to come out. June 25th, I think, is the deadline. So I'll give it till then. But it's exciting. They keep saying it could be any day now. They're dropping this report. Any day now, this report is going to come out that's going to totally prove aliens exist. Not necessarily. Um, but you know what? It's, it's, hey, kind of, it's kind of depressing because this is what I've wanted my whole life. And, like, the finally the mystery is going to be revealed a little bit. And I feel like the... Are you going to celebrate? A little bit, but then, like, 
just that mystery I've wondered about my whole life is just going to be kind of solved a little bit. You'll move on to another mystery. But, I, yeah, you know what? I, if they come out with all the information, yeah, that my, yeah. And but, we're, and like, they're not going to. There's going to be, like, a whole grace period of, like, okay, now we know aliens exist, but we get to see them and interact with them, hopefully. That's going to be something to look forward to. It's not all sad now. It would be cool if they are, like, if they're out there covertly abducting us without our knowledge. But then we acknowledge them, and society acknowledges them, and they come down, and we're like, all right, we still want to take people, but now it's a volunteer basis. What do you think about, like, uh, the vaccine being, like, a... Maybe the vaccine's, like, a conspiracy to get us vaccinated so we can't see the aliens. Can't see them? Yeah, it's like Men men in Black. Like, that's the real Men in Black shit. Or maybe we can see them, that's the point. Maybe now we can see them. Or we're just prepared for, like, whatever they might breathe on us. Maybe they got bad breath. Maybe (laughs) maybe that's why they're training us to wear masks. Because we can't be breathed on by an alien. Yeah, maybe we're the ones with the bad breath and disease. Yeah. We are pretty, yeah, we do have a virus floating around the world right now. But yeah, maybe the aliens did that to prepare themselves. Maybe we need to be magnetized so that when we go in their ships, we don't stick to the walls. <laughs> That's right. Or we do stick to the walls. Yeah, but it'll be like the Gravitron at the Fall Fair, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's why they magnetize us. You can stand still. But yeah, something's going to come down the pipeline pretty interesting. Yeah. It gets, at this point, it's getting also frustrating because the UFO world is, is just... It's just people fighting each other. And you're in that world. I'm in the world. It's a community like anything else. Like everything has its own little community of people who are kind of a little too obsessed with it, that are looking at it every day, following it closely. There's people out there that are doing that for like the flute. Yep. And unicycle riding. Yeah. And you think even this, the, the this big announcement coming up that everyone would get together and celebrate, but no, everyone's still fighting. In the UFO community. For no, sure. they're still fighting. What are they fighting over? Well, like, yeah, the rest of the world is just like, yeah, whatever, let's see what they say. But the UFO community is just, well, they always find a reason to fight each other because there's people in the camp that's like, oh, the government knows all this stuff and they got all this secret and they're working with the aliens and they, they let the aliens abduct us for their hybrid programs and then we'll, they'll share uh, technology with us. Yeah, and then you get the people that are like, like super, super, like they believe in them but they're like all like, like uh, they need the actual proof. So all these like recent videos that came out, right, they're able to use that. Just like, But they won't listen to any like, public testimonials or like just eyewitness reports right it's like you need the radar data and then you get the people that are just taking pictures of blurry birds and balloons (laughs) (laughs) and it's like seriously guys i saw this in my backyard at like six in the morning they're coming they tell me what it is i'm like i think it's a sparrow it's like no it's not man you don't get it i see birds every day i know what they look like i would know a sparrow if i saw it yeah people don't understand how bird how like high birds actually fly yeah they have they fly pretty high and uh, they fly pretty quick. And balloons, they get caught in little jet streams. Oh, that's the most annoying one. And the way that people take videos of balloons and then think it's a UFO. Or when there's a very legit UFO video and everyone's just calling it a balloon. <laughs> <laughs> like the, the one photo that was released. It goes the both jet, ways. Yeah, the, the Batman <laughs> balloon, they're calling it. 
Is uh, remember the picture I showed you? The jet fighter took with his cell phone out the window. It's like a weird triangle thing, right? Yeah. They're trying to say, oh, that's just a, a Batman balloon caught up in the updraft. And they show a picture of this Batman balloon. It's the same shape. But these are jet fighters. Like They're, they're well, trained to, you know, they're not going to see a balloon. To be quite honest with you, the balloon industry is kind of ruining the environment. A lot of balloons get <laughs> uh, let into the wild every year. And then birds choke on them or they get stuck in ponds and... Yeah, where are you, balloon industry? Why haven't you come out and admitted Yeah, the your balloon mistakes? industry really needs to get on some biodegradable shit. And I'm sure there's people in the balloon industry working on it and working on the science to get better biodegradable balloons. But you see, like, a young couple go to do, like, engagement photos and release, like, fucking 75 balloons into the air that just get caught in a bunch of seagulls' gullets. Yeah, and, like, a bunch of assholes will film it with their cell phone and then... Just, like, ruin perfectly good UFO Facebook groups. Yeah, or confetti. <laughs> I used to go, the park I used to walk in all the time, I'd always see confetti on the ground. I'm like, you guys are just littering. Just a bunch of litterers. Yeah, the whole celebration industry really needs to change its act. It needs to be more environmental friendly. You can have your events and you can celebrate, but I think the celebration industry needs to be more environmentally friendly. Yeah, like reusable balloons. See, once you blow it up and tie it off, it's just like, it's got, it's, you can't do it again. Once you've got tiny fingers to untie it, yeah. you don't need balloons. And when you pop a balloon, it's just, just waste. Like, you really don't need a balloon. Yeah, like, who invented, like, I, like, I guess balloons for, like, like hot, hot air. air balloons for travel and stuff, but, like, I guess they are visually appealing. You see a nice little color, nice little colorful circle floating in the air. You can do that with something that's natural and not a just floating ball of rubber. Just like how Plastic. how dumb are you that you just like you just you need this pile of balloons to make you happy. It's just like it doesn't feel like my daughter's birthday unless there's seventy five balloons. Yeah, unless yeah. I blow up all this garbage and yeah. just let it float away. I don't think anyone's truly surprised unless they see a bunch of colorful circles in the air. <laughs> it's just- yeah. Little uh, tiny pieces of paper hitting them in the face. That's <laughs> one of the many things wrong with the, our society. It's just we like, like to celebrate, and we like visually appealing stuff that is visually stimulating for 10 seconds. You can get flowers. You can get natural <laughs> things that are colorful and happy. And, yeah. And, it, you know, I, I don't think we need this shit. And, and like, I feel like any normal person you, you start talking to about, we don't need balloons. Fuck balloons. They'll just look at us like, what is wrong with these guys? I'm pretty <laughs> passionate about balloons. Fuck balloons. They're ruining up my UFO videos. Yeah. Speaking of fuck balloons, you know that people are actually sexually attracted to and fuck balloons. Yeah. It's a weird fetish for sure. But everything's a fetish now. So. I know. It's uh, there's a weird. I went down a weird rabbit hole on TikTok. Some people just get off just people. like popping balloons, you know. Yeah. Ah, pop. pop. Yeah. <laughs> just popping them with their dick. <laughs> or like whacking off and just popping them with a pin at the same time. Yeah, I don't get it. And the, the people with the giant balloons they can fit their whole body into. Wayne just, Coyne from Flaming Lips. Yeah, you can just go. Yeah, Flaming <laughs> that Lips. That guy loves balloons. Yeah, that guy is a huge <laughs> fan of balloons. He's keeping the balloon industry alive. We need to take down Wayne Coyne. That's <laughs> no, he's an environmentalist. I'm sure he doesn't like balloons as much as he portrays. Yeah, well, he uses the giant hamster balls. He lo- he can reuse those balloons. Yeah. All right, here we are ending this podcast on balloons. <laughs> I knew <laughs> That's a first. I'm sure it won't be a last. But, Tyler, 
as always, we're doomed. We're ballooned. We're all ballooned. <laughs>